I don't know many Christmas music videos. Well, why don't we start it off? Because I got some good ones for us. All right. I thought I was gonna be able to just like rip them off, but yeah, I'm gonna let you let you go and look look up some because I don't know any. <laughs> Welcome to the eleventh uh, podcast episode of season two of the Filmed Insert Music Video Podcast, and the last one of the year two thousand eleven. This is Adam Fairholm, and we got uh, we got Doug Klinger here. Doug, how would you ra- how would you rate your year? Uh, I would rate my year as super good. It's a big been been a big year for us, and I think in mid January we started our podcast with uh with our first interview with Mike Diva, Petey Flo and Josh Haraway. It might have even been in late February. Really? What is it? We might have packed it in in a short year. Hmm. Oh yeah, it did come out February 15th, 2011. My bad, but it was uh, in a very early part of the year. Uh, it was actually recorded in uh, in tr- Toronto and uh, before I got my mic, so it's a kind of a crappy, crappy sounding episode. But I um, actually did re- revisit that one recently as well, and and note how shitty your mic sounded. Well, uh, and now we've we've grown a lot. We've done, uh, God, this is our twenty twenty third episode of the year, Let's and I am significantly significantly larger, so we've also grown in that respect. <laughs> Same, actually, same here. Well, yeah, we talked to a lot of awesome directors. Uh, so if you are just joining the podcast, uh, go to filmedinsert.com slash podcast, and you can listen to all of the old episodes uh, for free. And I also wanted to mention we are now on Stitcher uh, Radio. If you listen to actually a, a lot of podcasts, um, like uh, anything on the 5 by 5 network, if you have a dog... Uh, uh, if you have a dog and you listen to the, the dog uh, trainer podcast you'll hear ads and things like that for stitcher radio so what it is it's it's a um it's really neat it's a free iphone app ipad app that you can actually it's on android as well yes and palm web os and blackberry wow they covered all the bases and it is basically a, a large podcast directory they and they categorize it by you know comedy sports financial public news things like that ours fit into all of those Exactly, especially sports and um, finance. And ours, so ours went up on the site uh, uh, last week. And um, if by the time you hear this, there'll be a link to it uh, in the show notes as well as a link to it just on the filmedinsart.com slash podcast page. So, uh, so if you could just go ahead and listen to it everywhere and comment on it everywhere. Yes, please do so. Please comment, listen to it everywhere you can. Tell your friends. Actually, the film multiple pod- IP addresses. <laughs> the film answered po- oh, and rated on iTunes. That, that actually makes a big difference. And actually, the, so and, and, and film answered podcast makes a, a big difference. A big great uh, Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah. Buy the podcast. For- <laughs> it's Which on sale. For we sale. don't have anything for sale, but maybe we should make T-shirts or something. But anyway, uh, something for yeah, another that would, year. People will buy those. Oh, definitely. 
Uh, my mom will. We should have put it before Christmas because then everyone in my family would have got one. Uh, we missed we we missed our biggest client of the year. Rats. Oh boy. But uh, uh, th- speaking of Christmas, Doug, it yeah, is we were speaking of that just now. And it is Christmas is very close it's this weekend. Yeah, it's weird that we would do do a New Year's and then a Christmas episode, but we did. We we really kind of make our own rules, and um, we're in Florida, so we should also mention that it is Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Actually, I used to. What know... is it, what is the fact that we're in Florida? I don't get what you're saying. Uh, there are but... t- well, there are tons of people who celebrate uh, Hanukkah in Florida. It's a it's just a known fact, especially in Boca and up where you live in Boynton. Oh, that's what you mean. I understand. Mm-hmm. I I just uh, didn't understand. Oh, what right, you right. were saying? Like I just. Like you're you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, I see. Um, so those are true facts that you just recited. Yeah, and do, I mean, so what we wanted to talk about today was, of course, Christmas music videos, which is an exciting topic. It's not one that uh, I don't know. When I started thinking about it, I realized I didn't really know almost anything about. Christmas music videos. Uh, of course, everybody knows about Christmas songs because well before even Thanksgiving now, there are dedicated radio stations on the, uh, the on, on the radio. A Pandora's listening uh, audience apparently has a sharp spike in December for Christmas music. Um, on all sorts on, you know, Sirius XM and, uh, you know, all those television uh, music channels. There's always a dedicated Christmas music channel and there is just an unbelievable number of these things. I mean, Doug, do you have do you have sort of a favorite Christmas song or or, or, or Christmas recording that kind of brings out the holiday season for you? Oh man, uh, n- yeah, I do. Um, not you don't. Yeah, so no, I mean, Christmas I've... music listener. I guess it just like kind of uh, it all kind of runs together to me. Mm-hmm. So like I, I like I particularly like that song, you know, like all I want for Christmas is you and my two front teeth because Santa's rocking his jingle bells tonight. Like that's kind of what Christmas is. So to you me. can't differ. You have a trouble differentiating. Them. Right, a, a tough time differentiating the Christmas songs. Well, the way that it works is, um, as you may know, there are different Christmas standards, and then most artists will record a Christmas album or a Christmas song. And they do one of two things. They'll either cover a standard because almost all of them are public domain, meaning that they can copy them and or, uh, record a version of them without any copyright issues. Um, it's in public domain so they can perform it. Um, or they create a, a new Christmas song. So a lot of artists uh, create new Christmas songs, which is mu- they're much diff- more difficult to break into uh, the public conscious, obviously. People know if you're going to be singing... Um, you know, White Christmas or Winter Wonderland or something like that. They know that already. They, they but uh, all that you know helps if you're sort of an established artist. Um, just a, Doug, do you know the most recorded Christmas song and the most performed Christmas songs in the U.S. Number the number one. Do you have a guess at that? Jingle bells. That is not even in the top ten. Amazingly, uh, it's actually the Christmas song, uh, which is kind of a people almost never know by the Christmas song title. It's the you know the one that goes chestnuts roasting on an open fire. 
right um from 1944 i I buy that yeah definitely it's a very popular one um jingle the closest one to jingle bell jingle bell rock uh number seven now this is according oh does that not count i thought that see i thought that I thought that they would combine those two songs as one song because no, see, no. like, see, you have to understand though from the perspective that I'm coming from, from somebody who literally thinks every Christmas song is one song. <laughs> so, well, the fact that the fact that I got that confused throw me throw me a freaking candy cane here. So, see what I did? See what I did? Oh man! So uh, there's a few music videos that I wanted to talk about for because obviously people record. A lot of Christmas music. Justin Bieber had his mistletoe song, which was an original song. That We've came been talking out. about that mistletoe video for a few episodes now. Right. No, it's, yeah, it's all over the place. Super it's relevant just in my head. Um, but there's a few that I wanted to to talk about, and one of the most pervasive, and it's a music video for one of the most pervasive Christmas songs out there, and that is uh, 1994 Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Now you have to have heard the song and you have to know the song that do you, do you are you of, aware of the song uh, of course it was actually being played um yesterday at old navy i bought khakis it's a i mean you cannot escape the song it, if you saw the uh, christmas themed movie love actually from a few god it's a long time ago now maybe when did love actually come out uh 2000 please. Was it that early? I don't know. Anyway, how long, um, how long they, ago was Hugh Grant relevant? <laughs> Hugh Grant's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother show. This we, is, we do have a, a show coming up dedicated to Hugh Grant. Um, so anyway, so it's uh, uh, anyway, that's the song that the the girl sings at the end of it. But it's a it's a really popular Christmas song. Like I said, nineteen ninety four, and there's actually three music videos for it. Um, two of which are recorded are actually directed by, by Mariah Carey, and I would like to. I'd like to talk about both of those, and so you're welcome the, to. So both of them, those are on the site, um, and they're actually the, the reason I wanted to talk about them is they're actually really fantastic music videos. A lot of these music videos are 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 kind of hack jobs and they're cheesy and they're poorly put together. But I was surprised to see that she had directed both of them. One of them, the main one, is uh, shot in like a Super 8 home video style. Even though it's '90s, it, it doesn't have too much of that '90s look and fashion to it because they went for this this retro uh, look, and it's actually a really um, I was surprised by it. It's actually a really well edited and well put together video. Um, the, the second video, uh, the third one really isn't worth mentioning. The second one is black and white and is shot in sort of a Ronettes uh style 60s you know how they put used to put the artists on little podiums and shoot them in a studio um and it's also good it's not nearly as good as the first one but it was also directed by mariah carey and it's funny because the um song is so unbelievably pervasive especially in u.s and canadian culture that uh music videos are not really that well known um and i think that's because music uh, christmas music videos you usually do not get half or even a fraction of the attention that the actual uh, songs get because usually they're played on the radio you know you you're in home depot or old navy or something like that and you're listening to the um to the music but i mean they're kind of a, they're kind of uh stretching to put out a music video for a christmas song you know what i mean because like we were just saying it's uh it's a very 
limited amount of time that a song like that is going to be relevant. Right. I mean, nobody's listening to this Mariah Carey Christmas song at all next month. True. Um... So you're like going out on a ledge there to even like tackle this. You know, unless you're Justin Bieber, you know, these days a little bit different. People are turning out stuff a lot quicker. You know what I mean? Justin Bieber doesn't have to worry about like putting it on some kind of whole Christmas album or something like that. He could put his he could put his Christmas track out there and just throw it up on iTunes. It doesn't have to come as any part of anything and uh, make all the money in the, you know, short period of time that there is to make. But when you think about it, I mean, the, the Christmas season is, God, it's, when you really think about it, it's December and November. That's, you know, two months out of 12 months in a year. That is a significant period of time. I think it's worth it for them to make a, a, a Christmas music video rather than just putting it out there into the ether with um with no sort of youtube well, now oh you mean that even prior to now well, yeah even prior would, to now how would something how would some how would one profit off of a single song in 1990 profit of what do you mean profit of a music video or a song well but you know both like a single you know what i mean like they would have had to put it on it, like in an album, right? Like it, like the all these Mariah Carey. No, no, no they sold singles, they and they still do. Well, I mean, they, but even, but now, aren't singles sold now more than ever? Like individual singles, is that like the whole reason? Wasn't there that like um that website, that link? I think it was BuzzFeed or something that everyone was passing around, and it was like saying like ridiculous things, like that like Kesha has sold more singles than the Beatles, and right, right, and uh, isn't that a result of iTunes? I'm sure it is, yeah, because I mean, people bought singles, but not nearly in the number that they that they used to. I mean, it used to be like a lot of the Beatles singles, which they which they brought up in the comments and things like that. That you know, Kesha's TikTok has sold something you know more than any Beatles single, or um, you know, Beatles singles used to be on um, you know, come on their own their own disc, their own they're called forty fives. Uh, that would have the A side and the B side. That's why when people are, when younger people get into the Beatles, they're sometimes a little confused because, you know, for instance, a song like Strawberry Fields is a very famous Beatles song, but if they buy all the albums, they don't have Strawberry Fields on anything. It's because Strawberry Fields was a single. But that's the Beatles, so was that going on in the 90s? Like, were people still buying singles? Like, I remember I bought singles, but like, uh, like it just seemed like, a, it seemed like such a process, like, for, for you to put out a Christmas single in 1990, you should start your work in December of 1989. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that that's why there's so many public domain songs because you can create right. all the filler to make an album. Because um, you can do that lead single. Like, um, I'll, look, okay, let me look it up right now. Where if Mariah Carey's uh, if that song was on an album or not. By the way, it was a CD like... single. All I want for Christmas to you is a CD single. But I bet I doubt any of the people that are nuts over this song know that uh, that now it's definitely you know in uh, single on iTunes. Um, CD single. That's can you believe that? I, I actually I'm sitting next to I'm sitting in an old uh, a room that has a lot of old CDs and things like that, and I'm sitting next to a CD tower that has a few actual sing CD singles on it. I used to have so many. I used to have so many. Now I um I don't want to uh go to our interview today without talking about what I consider the greatest mu uh, Christmas music video of all time. 
Let us have it. So I was not even aware that this Christmas video existed or that this even was a thing. It is a walk, do not, a run, do not walk to watch Bob Dylan. It must be Santa video. That's on the site. Search for Bob Dylan. It is a, a it must be Santa is sort of, you've, you probably couldn't hum it from the title of it unless it's something from your childhood, but you would, you would know it. It's a very fast song. They do a very fast rendition of it. It has an accordion in it, but the video is one of the most bizarre Christmas videos I've ever seen in my entire life. It is a holiday party that is out of control featuring Bob Dylan. This is the first music video that he appeared in uh, of one of his own songs from an album since 1990. This movie, music video came out in 2009. The previous time he appeared in a music video for a song of his was 1997. Um, so he waited more than a decade to do another video with him in it. Now, this was a, a music uh, album that he recorded for charity. Um, so all the proceeds went to charity, but anyway, back to the concept, Bob Dylan is for the first part of the music video is in a white top hat. He is in some sort of long haired wig and he has just this blank regular expression and he's just staring at you. Most of the video he's appearing in different places while these people are drunk and like, you know, feeling each other up and going nuts. He's probably, he's, if you read the Rolling Stone article about the, that review, this is very funny. They say he's probably like double the age of anybody in this music video. Um, sorry, I just turned it, turned it on, but yeah, it's, it's got Bob Dylan's, you know, scratchy, almost incomprehensible voice with these people dancing around in this house. Uh, Bob Dylan is dancing around. He's got a Santa hat on him. But you just have to wonder, what the hell? Who wrote the treatment for this? Uh, first of all, where this came from, um, and uh, and how awesome it is that it is in our life. Because it's very difficult to describe. You just have to, um, you know, after your relatives have been annoying you all day, go and do a room of your own, pull out your laptop, and watch this video because it'll bring you a lot of joy, especially if you are familiar with. Bob Dylan. Uh, so that's it. Bob Dylan must be Santa. That's a, I, I, my vote for the greatest music, uh, Christmas music video of all time. I guess I'll second that vote because I, um, and because uh, you were all often right. That's true. I am often right. But I even have, I have actually have an even better one for my pick of the week. So no, uh, yeah, you. I, I figured you would have done that. Um, so what's uh, What's what's the most exciting part about this episode? Um, of course, the piece to the resistance of the podcast um, is our interview. And we have a really fantastic interview today with uh, um, someone who, even if you haven't heard his name, you are almost certainly familiar with uh, his directing work. This is Mr. Dan Ekman. Um, and, you know, 2007, 2008, if you were on the Internet and saw a funny video, um, you probably saw one of the videos that he was involved in um, with the group Derek Comedy. Uh, my favorite, it probably is Bro Rape. Um, there's Opposite Day, which is a really fantastic video. Uh, Doug, what are you some of your favorites from this era? My favorite is definitely Girls Are Not To Be Trusted. Um, but I also like uh, uh, Don't Jerk Off To This. And... <laughs> and uh, um, 
and uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like I think it's like that's hip hop or something like that. It's uh, Donald Glover's character gets his um, his hands surgically attached to his back in the b boy stance, and like he's just like an old man from the eighties who like has lived for the last like twenty years with his hands surgically attached to his to his side, so he's always in the b boy stance. So and, uh, um, those. So yeah, so uh, Dan directed those, and uh, if you watch any of those videos, you'll definitely recognize Donald Glover, who is on the unbelievably fantastic NBC series Community, um, and has a uh, oh, and Spelling Bee, and Spelling Bee, which is probably which is which is a classic. I mean, and one spelling of the things that bee. makes these videos great and really set them above a lot of just sort of funny videos that were floating around at the time was that they're really well directed and really well shot. And that is definitely the work of our guest today, Dan Ekman. Now, so the reason we have Dan on the podcast uh, today is because Donald Glover is also known as Childish Gambino, um, uh, which is his uh, rap name. And this is not just sort of a, a side project for Glover. I was actually listening to like pop radio, XM radio the other day, and one of uh, his single came on. Uh, and Dan has directed both the music videos for uh, Childish Gambino, Bonfire, and Freaks and Geeks. And uh, I really encourage you to go, before you listen to the interview, go check those out because they're really uh, fantastic videos um, shot really fantastically. One's a, a, a one-shot that's really um, it's hard to pull off a one-shot that's really interesting, and, uh, and Dan does a great job of it. And then Bonfire is a, a really interesting uh plot-driven uh, video uh, that has a little bit of a mystery twist to it. Um, and also, you should know for the podcast that Dan has also, or for the interview that Dan also directed, 2009's Mystery Team, which is a full-length uh, comedy uh, film with Glover and the rest of the uh, Derek Comedy team. So Dan was uh, really nice to sit down and talk to us. Um, He's a really fantastic director, and he's made some great music videos. So let's check it out, our interview with uh, Dan Ekman. My name is Dan Ekman. Um, I'm a director, mostly for um, film and television. Um, I've worked with an uh, on music videos with an artist named um, Childish Gambino, who's also an actor named Donald Glover, uh, who I went to college with and was in my comedy group. And um, I just directed an episode of a TV show that he's on. Um, that's um, yeah, that's me. I direct stuff, I guess. And we should yeah. mention that's that's a good uh, that's a good explanation. <laughs> I guess we should mention that the the music, the TV show is Community, which everybody listening should yeah. be, should be very should be Sorry very familiar familiar with. Um, yeah, you're so modest. Oh, it's just a TV show, just whatever. Um, now, well. you, you so you have um, you know two music videos to your name, as well as a lot of you know comedy shorts. You directed uh, you know feature film Mystery Team in two thousand nine. Yep. Um, and those both those music videos are for Childish Gambino. Yeah. How do you how, how do you see yourself? How do you see music videos as kind of fitting in into your your larger canon? Was it something that you uh, did mainly for for Donald Glover, or, or is it 
you know, what is your interest in that in that form? Well, um, I've actually kind of always been into it. Um, my first job out of college was um, uh, I eventually was a video director for Blue Man Group. Um, are, are you guys familiar with them at all? We are, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, they're pretty fun. And so I, I, uh, I shot a ton of different things for them um, and really got into like editing uh, to music and kind of cutting like kind of rhythmically and with music. And, um, and I did a few music videos for them. And so like I really got into that um, all the while. We were like doing <clears throat> the Derek Comedy video uh, sketch videos. Um, we were actually like shooting some of them at the Blue Man Group um, offices and we were using all their equipment and stuff. Um, but I, I've always been into music videos. So like when Donald and, and Donald was, um, always doing music for us. So, uh, I've always kind of like, and I, I've always used music, um, to kind of like inspire me visually anyway. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to do, I'm, I, I, I think that in the future I'm going to be doing a lot more music video stuff. Um, in general. Uh, you know, one of the things that we noticed, uh, you know, in your visual style, there's a lot of movement. Um, you know, camera movement. You know, especially even in the the comedy shorts and in the yeah. and in the feature. I mean, is that something that that kind of comes from Matt? That you know, movement of the camera that fitting along with sort of absolutely. Music um, in the feature we did, uh, Mystery Team, Donald um, would uh, we, we we had a bunch of conversations during pre production um, where I like was like describing a few shots I was thinking about, and he actually made some. Um, some tracks for me, some kind of like freeform uh, themes and stuff, and then I would take them and go to the locations and kind of like map out stuff, um, kind of to the music. So, and you, you mentioned before that uh, that Childish Gambino also goes by by Donald Glover, and and I wonder oh. if there's a uh, is a difference in approach when you're dealing with each, you know, or do you? You know, Donald Glover is part of Derek Comedy, and, and a lot of the things that you direct with him is, is really comedy-based, and that's not really w in the that's not really true with Childish Gambino. Right? Is there a difference when directing? Well, the yeah. Two? I mean, we we we've, we've been pretty conscious uh, in the two videos we've done to kind of not make them very comedic, even though the most recent one kind of is <laughs> a bit of a weird joke at the end, I guess. But. Um, uh, we yeah we've been trying like you know kind of trying to make him a little more can be taken seriously I think. So I'd like to talk about uh, both of the uh, the videos you've done first. First of all, the Freaks and Geeks video, um, which is a you know I really love this video. It's really compelling. Even though you know it's a it's a one shot video, and you know all of the energy is sort of resting on Childish Gambino. Kind of com mm -hmm. coming into him and, and getting closer and closer. You know, what is it about you know working with Donald for so long that gave you the confidence to be able that he'd be able to like, hold that energy for you know three or four minutes? Oh, I but I knew he could do that. You know, I like he. Um, I've made him do some really long takes of some really difficult stuff, like at way more insane hours um, <laughs> for like comedy stuff, like. Um, we've had sketches that are like all one shot before. Like I, I, I always knew he could pull that off, um, and um, keeping the energy up and all that stuff. Basically, kind of and like using the frame to move around. When um, I, I, I knew he, he's he's very good at like doing that kind of stuff. Like I, as soon as like we had the idea, I was like, oh, he's gonna nail this. He's a cake. And did that did I that idea come from from him or from you, or is it a collaboration? 
Um, he originally, yeah, I think he 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 wanted something like really simple, like where like he was just kind of like um, uh, performing the song uh, against like a, a like a just like a nothing background originally. I think was the idea. Um, uh, I think I had the idea of like, oh, let's just push in on you the whole time, um, and uh, just keep getting closer and closer until it's like insanely close. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. And was that all? Uh, was any of that choreographed, or was that just him kind of flying off the cuff? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, like that was probably like take like twenty two. Oh, wow. Um, and he's the, like you know he. There's a few lines where like his his lip sync is a little bit off. Um, that was we we, we almost went with another take because it, this was the one that had the better. It was just a better take overall. I mean, because that's what you have to do when you're doing a, shot, a music video like that. It's not, it like, you know, you only have one that you're going to use. So that's that. But um, yeah, I mean, like, like uh, if you were to like look at the earlier takes and stuff, like we were really kind of like working at, like, like basically like we had the shot worked out at the very beginning. Pretty much all of the stuff that we were kind of um, dealing with on set was, was working out his choreography. Yeah, because like, you know, um, having him come in through the, uh, the like, it, like it kind of starts on him, like his shadow stepping in. Um, and then basically like making sure that he was like aware of like where, uh, how much space he had in the frame. Um, and like, we were just kind of like, after like the first performance, like noticed that like, you know, at the earlier part, um, it's, it's more about kind of, it should be more about like his physical movement because there's so much space and you can't really like see the emotion on his face as much. But then as we get closer in, it gets more intimate then to kind of, you know, uh, mellow that out a little bit and have him more kind of emoting um, with the face. Uh, so we kind of, it, it took a while to kind of like work out that balance. He looks a little, uh, toward the end, he looks like he's, I mean, it, it's a pretty physical, gr- physically grueling it looks like. I mean, was that a, a factor going forward? Like, I, we can't do any more takes. It's, it's kind of taking its toll. Um... By the end, you know, we, we, I think we had done, like, like I think we had crested, let's right. just put it that, and because, you know, because <laughs> it's so much about his, you know, emotion, um, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I think that that, that, that all worked, and I, I, I don't feel like what's in there is a representation of him not achieving what we were trying to do. Oh, um, no, yeah, definitely. Um so when when you approached the the next bonfire video, was there um, like did you plan to do like did you want to do something more story based with the next video because that other one was you know really carried by Donald's energy and everything like that or did the idea kind of start because the album is so conceptual and so the video kind of had a match with that? Well, um, there's a there was a lot of kind of factors that I think went into what exactly was that music video. Um, but, uh, I mean, D- Donald wanted, uh, he, he, he originally had a different concept, um, that involved, uh, that I, I don't necessarily want to like totally tell you guys because he may end up doing it, but, um, in some other format. And I don't, I haven't talked to him about whether or not I should reveal that. Um, but it did involve the woods and it was at night. Um, and, but that, in, it was going to involve a whole lot larger, uh, production things. Um, and so, 
we ended up sort of kind of like talking about that and like I'd had an idea for um actually a different song um that was basically like him like waking up in the desert um all kind of like covered in dust and blood and kind of and it ended up like like running and it was it was more rhythmic and it wasn't as much uh, story based um which actually to be totally honest like the when we shot the video like we we were trying to get more footage than we ended up getting and I wanted it to actually have a lot more I wanted it to build in its cutting and energy than um a lot more than we were able to um I think uh that was more the concept but um yeah, and then, I mean, just putting a bonfire in visually was kind of always going to be a cool idea, we felt like. Now, the ending of the video, I mean, it, one of the things that yeah. really interested us about it was, you know, we watch a lot of music videos, and that's actually one of the things we surprisingly don't see a lot is sort of a like a narrative twist or something. A lot of people do narrative videos, but you don't see a lot of really sort of intriguing narrative twists in there. Is there something, is, was that supposed to be open to interpretation or, or is there, or is there sort of like a canonical, um, there is a canonical, there's absolutely a canonical answer to it. Um, uh, but it is meant to be open to interpretation, I guess. Like, like we weren't, we weren't wanting to be like too, too obvious with it. Like we wanted it to be able to just stand alone. Like if you don't, if it totally kind of like, blows past you um, then hopefully it was just kind of like fun to watch him run around in the woods and then just kind of like weird and kind of interesting at the end there um, but there is a canonical answer to it yeah I was wondering if you could help us out with the canonical answer <laughs> what are you, what are you guys? I'd be curious actually no because that's something that we've been interested to know if like anyway there, like, like uh, I think Donald linked me to um there was like some like uh, website where like people were like commenting a bunch and trying to figure it out, and they did. So we like that. Um, but uh, what, what, tell me what you guys think it was. My my interpretation was that there was some sort of, you know, I actually started explaining to Doug. It doesn't make any sense that they that maybe he had was horsing around and had accidentally hung himself or something like that. Nah. Um, <laughs> but but. I'm uh, notoriously bad at trying to figure these things. No, it's so okay. I, like, like, no, because that's the thing is, like, is like, it's not like they're like you're supposed to be able to figure it out, but like to say, uh, you know what? I, I think it's actually an overstatement to say that there's like a totally canonical answer. We have it, in a, we had an answer for us when we were making it, so that we knew what we, it is that we were doing. Right. Um, but it, it was important to us that that not matter to the audience when they watch it, and that they could, you know, have fun with it in, in terms of like trying to figure something out like 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 we didn't want it to necessarily be like like we didn't want it in any way to feel like um some sort of a uh m night Shyamalan type thing where like it's really kind of like all about the twist like it's just like you should just kind of enjoy the ride and then if you want to try to like delve deeper like at least we did there is the answer under there which um basically the idea is that um he's from a past era he's like a dead you know he, you, i mean i seem like you figured out that he's dead right uh, <laughs> um and but like he's he's basically he's he's wearing the camp gambino clothes from like um back i guess like the idea was uh when the camp first integrated and uh they hung him um and basically the idea is that at the camp uh over time this the, his story kind of became this ghost story um where the idea is that you know maybe people occasionally see him where you know this 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 like, like the idea is like we call him like noose man um and that 
but that by the by the time that today when these kids are taught like telling the story it's just become this weird goofy thing that's completely lost its um relevance and importance and like basically he's doomed to every night come in and figure find that out and then repeat itself that is that is pretty amazing i like way (laughs) way better way better than adam's first and foremost foremost, horsing around and accidentally hung himself beats that thank god i didn't have to say my guess Uh, (laughs) that was uh that was uh, now because yeah, when I watched it the first time I watched it I was like hmm this looks like he was because he's a black guy but then I then I was like wait a second am I am I being racist so hmm, okay now I should just go with my instincts next time um, yeah now uh, well I mean you know we didn't we exactly like like I like I don't know like to be honest like we we didn't want it we want we wanted it to be this kind of like kitschy thing like 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 I, we were joking around like it should be a metaphor for metaphors. Um, <laughs> Like it really because because like it's about the fact that like it's lost any sort of significance, um, right? Uh, and that they at this point it's just these, this this story that like kids tell to like fuck with each other. Um, he's stuck in this infinite loop of hell, basically, or well, you know that we didn't mean it like biblically hell, but just like you know he's in a shitty situation where he keeps having <laughs> to wake up and figure out that he's been hung, and then he goes, sees the guy and he oh, and the idea is too that he's like. I mean, I, I hope this is obvious that, like, he sees that there's a man with a noose going towards those kids, and he's trying to, um, he thinks he's going to go and, tr- and save them from right. the man, um, right. who, it turns out, that's, he, the story's been about him. Now, you touched on this a, a little bit uh, previously, um, but, you know, when we talk to uh, music video directors, you know, invariably we hear things about... Um, uh, you know the artists label or sort of the people behind them that are sort of creating the I- image you know to one degree or another whether it's a really large artist or you know there's always somebody behind them trying to to work on that and you know since Donald Glover is you know on community it's a very large show people know him you know know who he is a lot uh, was there a conversation that happened you know with you or with anybody else going forward with making those music videos because they are commercials for him as an artist to kind of um you know present him in a different light or kind of restyle him or do something like that when you created these i'll say that like on the first one um there wasn't any sort of record label it was literally like um he called me on a good tuesday was like hey you want to do music video i'm thinking something really simple you know maybe one shot and we just talked about it, and uh, then on that Saturday we went and did it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, and then we just put it up online. Um, the next one, there was a record label, um, but he was <laughs> like, like we just kind of like had the idea, and like they came to the set and they were just kind of like, oh wow, uh, whoa, okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, there's a noose and uh, and like and like like we did. I remember like, because they paid for it. Um, and like we did send them like a um, like basically like uh, uh, Donald came over to my house and me him and Maggie um, uh, who's from Derek and has produced most of the, both of the videos and all of the different Derek things. Um, also is my wife um, now. Uh, uh, and uh, the, the the three of us basically kind of like. Came up with like a treatment for it that that and that, that actually did explain in detail all of the different things that I just like over 
explain to you guys about how what's going on. And I remember feeling like, oh, this is not this is not at, like the 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 music video is not really about this, but it kind of is. Uh, but anyway, so like they they did approve that whole like storyline. Um, and they were like, oh, it's like I, I feel like because it had this my my weird theory is that just because like it had such a kind of like weird interpretive ending and it kind of maybe racial things that they were just like everyone was too afraid to like say no, um, and then it could then been like like because like they might not get it, uh, right. but they seemed into it. Um, so I, I I don't know what 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 people typically go through on these things, but. We just kind of did our thing and they approved it. Um, I wanted to preface this question by saying that um, I actually have your autograph already because I bought the autographed uh, edition of Mystery Team. Ah, and um, it leads perfectly into my question, uh, which is that both of the music videos um, you have directed by, uh, directed by uh, Dan Ekman on the screen. Is there, are you, you know, intentionally crediting yourself? Is there something behind that? Or is that just part of your, you know, just kind of fit in with what you were doing? Um, it was like, well, there was just a credit there. Um, I don't know. Uh, like, um, part of it was, um, I think, to kind of make the thing feel a little more just like cinematic or not really. I mean, I don't know, just to kind of... Um, Cause like I I don't know like, like like they're not really music videos, totally. I mean they are. I guess the first one is I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really put that much thought into it. I mean like you know I just, I feel like music videos that I've seen have had credits. I don't know. I don't watch that many music videos. Is that that weird? No, it's not weird at all. That's actually uh, well yes, other directors uh, do it and uh, yeah some and, some, uh, some do and some don't. So I, it just uh, it it depends. It's kind of a. I think, um, like, if I did other ones, it it would just be, like, whatever the artist wanted. I mean, like, like, you know, Donald was into it, so we just Mm -hmm. did it. Um, If he hadn't been, you know, it would have been whatever the artist wanted. I I think we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about, uh, you just recently finished uh, directing an episode of community and ask you about your experience in that. I mean, it's your, your first television episode. What, what, yeah. what was that like? It was amazing. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the show. I, um, I had actually uh, uh, followed the directors on the pilot. Um, so I've kind of like, I've, I've kind of poked my head in throughout. Uh, I've even like been on the show, which is, I never act, but I have actually been on the show. Um, so it was like a dream come true, I think. And like, I'm really, really excited and proud of the episode. Uh, it was a bit of a crazy week to be directing the show, just because, like, on Monday, uh, like, of my like on like my first day directing, like at lunch, we found out on Twitter that like the show might not be coming back, but that you know it will be. But it got, it was a little weird. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, what does the mood change when something like like that happens? Um, sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How could it not? Uh, everyone got, you know, um, it it was a bit of an unsure time kind of like in the immediate term. But by Friday, um, we were, you know, secretly filming. Um, uh, we were secretly have, having like a photo shoot um, for t- the cover of TV Guide for like biggest fan thing. And so like it, it, and, and like the fans really just kind of like were so inspiring to everybody. It actually kind of like the spirits kind of totally turned around. 
um, pretty quickly um, because of the fans, basically, um, on set. But it was it was like kind of like I, it was weird just because like I was totally in the bubble of doing the episodes, so. I, I know it was kind of like a thing like on the internet, but I'm not totally like it was. It was hard to kind of like you know step step out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I'm, I I I know many fans that would be happy to hear that that it uh, that it helped. Oh um, my god, it was crazy. No, no, and like everyone's just like reading like Twitter th- comments, just kind of like throughout the week, making themselves feel better. <laughs> really, <laughs> um, and you know, um, that was awesome. But, yeah, no, it was great. And uh, one other project that I just wanted to mention that you have coming up is uh, uh, you're directing a film adaptation of The Boy Who Couldn't Sleep and Never Had To by oh. DC Pearson, who is also of the Derek Comedy troupe. Um, okay. Where did that uh, that project come from? Because I, I, you know, I followed Derek Comedy, but I wasn't aware that you know he had written a, a a book or anything like that. What drew, what drew you to the book? What Jim, well, I, um, I mean, initially reading it was just because he uh, he sent it to me before it had come out, um, <laughs> and um, but like I was it, it, like I don't know if you guys have read it or not, but like it totally spoke to me in large part because it you know it, it, I think it was somewhat autobiographical in a weird way on his part, um, and um, inspired by whatever like I could find the themes that we've always been talking about um, through the years that I've known him in the book and it just totally hit me at my core um, and so uh, me, him and Maggie um, co-wrote uh, the screenplay for it and kind of, I, I basically came up with an idea for an approach to it um, to make it into a movie and um, literally like kind of like, like, I, I, like I read it um, on a plane ride across the country um, before it came out and like immediately as soon as I landed like was texting him like all these ideas that I had um, for how we could do it in a movie, and he was just like, "Yes, let's do it." <laughs> then, like, and then we got sidetracked because, like, we made um, this MTV movie called Worst Prime Ever. Um, and then when we came back, we uh, we wrote the screenplay for it, and um, yeah, now hopefully we'll we'll be making it within not too long. Hopefully, I mean, it must be great to also have a small, you know, a group of people who you can kind of create these really diverse group of projects from? I mean, a, a feature film, a, an ad- adaptation of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, I, I mean, the, 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 the novel adaptation is, I think, going to be a step into a new genre for us, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. So you've, you've got a, a lot of upcoming projects that aren't necessarily music video involved, um, but you mentioned that you would like to you know, do a few more. Um, is there anything specific or is that just kind of something that you, you know, kind of want to do? Um, I don't have anything specific that I could, you know, talk about necessarily yet. Um, but, uh, I, you know, in the near future intend to do more music video work. Um, just because, um, I'm interested in it. basically. That's good enough for us. We we you're you're doing some really really interesting things with the genre, so we really uh, really appreciate what you're doing, and uh, and really excited to see you know if if you do more work in the music video genre, what uh, what happens. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I want to try to do something a little more out there next time. Um, so hopefully it'll be it'll be a little nutty. 
<laughs> we look forward to that for sure that's sounds pretty well, bonfire, awesome yeah bonfire was already pretty out there so we're um are you are you interested in, in more narrative or more sort of conceptual stuff um i think since i just did something so narrative um the next one i want to do i i want to be more conceptual yeah or or um i don't know what the right word is but maybe rhythmic mm-hmm. um inspired rather than literally narrative um I have a lot of ideas for stuff that I want to do. Some of them cost a lot of money, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? Well, you know, there's so much music, money in music videos. That, oh, uh, it's, sure, it's sure. the big budgets, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you see how they could make it back. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just people lining up to buy tickets for these things. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> saved uh how you mentioned that like, oh there's a mystery twist uh in that video and you didn't mention going in that we had no idea what that twist was until he explained it to us in the interview uh you kept that secret from our listeners that was that was a sweet move it's difficult with plot twist stuff um i'm i'm not the best person for guessing that stuff but actually when i heard about it everything really ma- made sense uh yeah, Dan was was uh, was really great, and it's great to hear that he's making more music videos because he's definitely um, definitely has a, 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 an eye for that from from behind the camera. So it's been a, it's been a great it's been a great year of podcasting. We got uh, we got DJ Doug Pound, which was which was a personal personal uh, like of both of us. Um, a personal like. <laughs> You're a person like DJ Doug Pound, Jason Goldwatch, here talking to Hero, Mariah, Yoram Benz, Ryan Reckenfeld, um, all the guys. Really, really cool. So it's been a. It's You're not going to do year. anymore? That's it? I didn't want to list every if, single person no, that we talked I to. I think you just list them Who's all. The worst all... Po- who's the worst interview? The worst interview was when you asked me about my music video. <laughs> That would oh, that, was, that it would be unfair to us to, it would be unfair to grade anybody honestly on on their interview with us because we're we're still learning how to interview people. Yeah, their worst interview was the ones that we moderated. <laughs> so, which ones of those? Uh, but I feel better. You ever listen to Terry Gross um, on Fresh yeah. Air? She's like the most famous interviewer in America. She does it every single I day. I don't and think that's true, but anyway, you don't think that's true. I think Barbara Walters probably wins. Oh, no, no, no. She does it like twice a year for the friggin' like Oscars, and it's awful. Terry Gross wins. Terry Fuck. Gross wins. And sometimes she like says, like, I lost my train of thought and stuff like that. And when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. She Cut all this drops out. that off, huh? Because hers are live. Uh, it depends, I think. I think it really depends. Sometimes they're live. Hers are live. I want to know how they make NPR, but that's for another podcast. Does that mean, what do you mean, how they make NPR? Well, I just don't know what's what are they used to cut it? What are they? Um... Yeah, but isn't it different? Isn't every show different? Yeah, like Radio Labs, obviously, like really heavily edited in This American Life and all those. Yeah, I think it just cut. They just they just get it from the individual mm-hmm. entities. We know. Yeah, we we got all that. We got it all. Um, we know how it happens. So, uh, you ready to do picks? Yeah, I think you should go first. I am going first. 
I'm I'm trying to figure out if I should do an actual pick. Okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do two picks. Go for ah, uh, that's that you don't get to do that. No, 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 no. I, I get to do this last one. Go but the first one's real forth. quick. Go back and forth. <laughs> I'm not gonna describe. I'm not gonna describe one of them. Okay. I just want you to go. This is the worst Christmas music video of all time because this is Christmas music videos. It is Judy Pancoast, the house on Christmas Street. I would have never, ever in a million years found this video if it wasn't for christmasmusicvideos.com so thank you christmasmusicvideos.com thank you other websites this is a well-produced video that's the funny part it's this i don't know where the song came from i'm assuming it was written for judy pan pan coast she just i'm sure she's a nice lady she looks like somebody's mom and she is in front of this just gaudy um christmas house and the entire video are these like obnoxious crane shots while she sings about like Christmas lights and stuff. You just have to watch it to get the full effect, much, much like the Bob Dylan video. So search Pan Coast, Judy Pancoast, The House on Christmas Tree. But now my actual, actual pick. Um, now, Doug, do you, do you like dancing? Do you like dancing in your videos? Like everything about dancing. I love I, it. I I'm love a, dancing. I'm a fan of. I'm a fan when the music videos go for for just the dancing, um, and I think one of the most famous examples for that is the si single ladies video, um, where it's just three video, and and you just have the focus on the dancing. You so, mean the greatest video of all time? The greatest video of all time, right? I actually am 100% behind Kanye when because that the, the really video, really oh, yeah yeah. Look Stop. at the video that won Taylor Swift's. Um, oh no 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 but. What, you don't agree that it's one of the greatest videos of all time. <clears throat> the single ladies video? Yeah. Oh, it's a yeah, it's a fantastic video. Wait, 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 wait. It's there's a difference between it's a fantastic video, which I'm not denying, and whether or not it's one of the greatest videos of all time. It's one of the greatest videos of all time. Like on a scale of one to what? Like are you asking like numbers? Like how about one to ten? It's one of the top 10 videos of all time. I put it in my top 10, yeah. I mean, but not like anywhere near the top. I put it like in the nine category, like the nine spot. Really? Yeah. I just think it's a, I think it's a really, f well, I, I just like when there's focus on, I really like when there's a focus on the artist showcasing them. And I don't, oh, I don't, but I, I, that's fine. But like one of the top <laughs> 10 greatest videos of all time, like better than like, like that has got to put it like better than, all but one White Stripes video, like basically one Michelle Gondry video makes a top 10 list. Um, okay, well maybe we need to do a top 10 list the next week. No, or maybe next, next year. The specific, yeah, sometime next year, but wait a I'm minute. Getting away, I'm getting away from my pick. But wait a minute, is that really gonna be in there? Cause I'm gonna cut all this out. Is that really gonna be in there? Is it, what can it be in there? Beyonce. If you made your top 10 of all time, Beyonce would be in there? Let's, let's leave it for next year, because I need to think about this a little bit more. Because you're challenging, I don't have a good answer. I'm, I'm going to cut all this out. I'm going to okay. cut all this out. I'm oh. not giving, now I'm legitimately giving you a hard time. Much <laughs> show giving you a hard time. <laughs> okay, well now we, okay, so back to the video, to the, my video yeah. pick here. Okay, so I enjoy, um, it's difficult to do a good dancing video, because A, you can't just be a really technically good dancer. You have to be, um, have that stage presence that people want to, want to look at you, especially if you're solo. Um, and also it can't be, uh, just sort of 
a block on a whatever dance where you're doing the two step or something like that. It has to be something really interesting, and you have to really get you know project your presence through that dancing. So when they did it really really well, um, this is from 2010. Robin, call your girlfriend, and Robin was just on Saturday Night Live. I think she performed this song. I'm not sure. There was a great video of I think it's Taram Killen, uh, one of the guys from Saturday Night Live. Performing like his like parody version at like 4 a.m. in SNL offices. We'll link to it in the show notes um, of this video. But basically, all it is is Robin in a warehouse, and it starts off completely lit, and then she dances, and the lights go down, and there's this um, kind of light show. But it's all one completely one shot uh, and handheld camera, and the, her and the camera really are in sync. They're moving together. It, um, it's choreographed, although it really feels like it's all spontaneous. So uh, it's a really fantastic video. It was directed by uh, Max Vitali and choreographed by Maria Wahlberg. Um, and uh, it's my pick of the week. How about that? My pick of the week um, is um, by an, a gentleman you may have heard of named Neil Diamond. <laughs> oh, no. And it's a and it's a cover song Uh-oh. of the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler, and there is actually a music video for this. There's there's not a music video for the actual Adam Sandler version of this song. There is, however, a music video for the Neil Diamond version, and it's pretty pretty awful. Uh, I'd say Um, you might find it uh, you might find it on our website you might not (laughs) honestly because the only link I could find was on the Huffington Post and uh, it's it's, it's basically just like animation uh, that's and that just like shows pictures of the people they're listing in like just like they try to do it gracefully like, oh yeah, we're just watching a show that that features all the people that you're mentioning in this song. And uh yeah, it's just really, really bad. God, this and, is awful. Yeah. Why and, who who thought this was a good idea? I don't know. Uh Neil Diamond, maybe? Uh I hope not. But um But uh Huffington Post um uh incorrectly says that this this could be the definitive version of this song. <laughs> um, uh, I don't agree. We'll leave that up to you guys. Yeah, please. No, it's not. Oh. It's not pictures. It's really awful um, animation of these people. Well, yeah, right. But come on, that's just like pictures that arms move, lift like slightly. Like to call that it. Call that animation being a little kind. <laughs> Yes, this is a very... Wow. Now, uh, God, yeah. So if you really want a good laugh, Neil Diamond also, the Hanukkah also, song and, uh, and, my, and my pick. Uh, it also happens to be a really horrible version of the song, too. Well, who, why, who, this, the combination does not make sense to me. Neil Diamond and... And the Hanukkah song just doesn't... Now, you know it does make sense to me. Judy Pancos, The House on Christmas Tree. I get what you did there. 
but it really makes it makes sense in my head. Uh, go to JudyPancoast.com. It's from 1998. Find it. Um. Oh boy. You know, I was at the Panther game the other night, and um, they advertised Neil Diamond quite a bit because he's coming to the office, the whatever, the Bank Atlantic Center. You know, they ended. They, it's coming in like 2014. They always start advertising them like years and years before they're ever there. Um, so if you're in the South Florida area, check out Neil Diamond if you. Yeah, if just you in, a few, in, a, in a few years, get your tickets early. If he's still alive, he's gonna be. No, uh, it's Christmas. We can't wish people ill will, especially Neil Diamond, who gave us so no, many, no. so many famous songs. We can't. Uh, Neil Diamond is a uh, treasure. He is a national treasure. So um, I'm. I was really. I, I just want to wrap this year of podcasts up um, uh, by saying, "Great job, us." I give us a C plus. I, I give us a solid C plus. That's a solid passing C+. grade. Any any public school in America, that's a passing grade. Yeah. Now we now listen. Don't don't ask us what our individual accolades are because we know we do this as a collective. We're a team. We do it as a collective. We get one collective grade. Right. Yeah, and also our individual like abilities as far as like our abilities to interview versus our ability to banter with each other, like versus our ability to like, uh, you know, make sure that we breathe the whole time w- without dying. Like all of those kind of their special skills. They group into the one grade. Now, um, so yeah, so it's been a it's been a fantastic year, and we're looking forward to another one. If you guys, if you've been listening. Thank you very much. Uh, we hope you we hope you enjoyed the podcast. A little Christmas present to Doug and I would be go go review go review it on iTunes. Tell review it up. Tell your mom about it. Write write talk about it in in an essay if you're in college. Just little things. All the little things can do. Yes, yeah, cited in an essay, like uh, you know what I mean. If you're writing an essay about music videos. Mm-hmm. Or even if you're not. Freshman year psych class, chemistry 101, filled insert podcasts, mention it. Your Tell- teachers your teachers do not check those references. Mm-mm, no way. I know. I know for a fact. So anyway, it's been uh, it's been a cool 2011. And just a little preview. We have, uh, I know we've said there's been cool stuff coming up on the site before, but now it is ready. January 1st, 2011, 2012. Oh my God. Um, it goes down. So uh, here's to a good year, Doug. Let's, uh, let's, hope, uh, let's hope it gets going. Yeah. Cut out me saying cool. No.